The financial markets are made up of bulls and bears. But when you listen to most trading gurus, it seems to be all bull. Who to trust? The one who puts a fire under your butt with candlestick flames? Or the one who says you should trade Fibonacci, but you still find yourself losing money 61.8% of the time? It's time to go straight to the source and get the truth about what's working in the markets today with your host, the founder of Top Dog Trading, Barry Burns. Welcome, everyone, to Online Trading to Win Podcast. This is your host, Barry Burns, with Top Dog Trading. And my special guest today is Ken Calhoun, who is the president of TradeMastery.com. Ken is a former corporate statistician, quality engineer, and Fortune 500 consultant. He brings a wealth of professional real money trading experience to the markets and has traded over $4 million in equity trades in a single year. Ken's a graduate of UCLA right down the street from where I am in Los Angeles here. And he's been featured in places such as CBS Market Watch, The Street, Fidelity, Equities.com, Active Trader, and Technical Analysis of Stocks and Commodities Magazine. And I just have to add here, not in his bio for some crazy reason, but he's also a good friend of mine. And he and I worked together in the past. We've done educational events together. And I've even taken Ken's course and um, loved it. And uh, that's one of the ways that we got to know each other. And I knew that he was the real deal. And I'm always impressed by his intelligence and his honesty and his very, very logical approach to the markets. And he's helped a lot of people, including myself. So, Ken, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks so much, Dr. Barry Burns from TopDogTrading.com. I've been a longtime fan of yours, too. Your YouTube channel is outstanding. I watch your episodes weekly, so you got a great logical way of approaching your charts and uh, stellar technical analysis skills. So I always pick up new things from you as well. So it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, well, thank you. That's very kind. Yeah, we never stop learning, do we? It's always a constant process, and that's good. That's how we continue to grow. We should never be stagnant. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Always be a student of the markets. Absolutely. Well, let's start with the beginning. How did you get started in trading, my friend? Well, I guess the early days when I was 12 years old, my dad said, how would you like to own a share of stock of Mattel stock? And because uh, I was playing with toys, how would you like to own part of the company that made the toy? And that got me hooked in the whole idea that, hey, I could actually own part of a company. But uh, in terms of active trading, my genesis was back in the late 90s when the dot-com uh, bubble was there for the NASDAQ. And there are all these crazy TV commercials. I'm sure you remember of people driving trucks and then owning islands and uh, <laughs> that kind of foolishness. And back in the good old days, but it was the bubble NASDAQ uh, days in the late 90s. And the whole idea of day trading and being able to get in and out of positions like a video game inside of 10 or 15 minutes uh, and making one's fortune was really appealing. So that's how I got started was as one of the original dot-com traders in the late 90s. So, Wow, that's funny. You know, I actually <laughs> really resonates with me because, of course, I was around during those days too. And uh, I actually wrote an article and put it on my blog saying that uh, don't treat trading like a video game. So it's kind of funny that you've mentioned that exact thing. And I said, you know, right. if, you, if you want action... Yeah. You know, if you want the adrenaline rush, buy a um, Xbox or a Sony PlayStation and get it out of your system. But don't do trading for an adrenaline rush. Absolutely correct, right? 
<laughs> Funny. We always do this. We always uh, have a similar way of looking at things, and uh, I just love that. That's why I enjoy our relationship so much. So tell our listeners a little bit more about what markets and time intervals that you trade personally. Yeah, sure thing. I've traded Forex as well as E-mini futures and uh, and options, but I prefer being an equity swing trader and day trader. And so I do both. Uh, I know a lot of my traders also uh, do both swing and intraday trades, but I like to do intraday trades. Uh, interesting caveat, usually Mondays are one of the lowest volatility, worst days to put on trades, so I generally do not enter any trades on Mondays. I like the midweek opens. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday mornings seem to have the best volatility and overall over, you know, years and years of experience. So uh, I like to trade uh, NASDAQ and New York Stock Exchange stocks usually in the 20 to $50 share range and say on a 15-day chart should have at least a 10% price action range. So a $30 stock with a three-point or more range or spectacular breakout charts with wide volatility and liquidity, at least a million shares a day and so forth, uh, are kind of my time frame. So I like both intraday trades of from 5 to 15 minutes and swing trades of anywhere up to maybe a week or two. So that's my core. My core, even though I've experimented and tested and traded many different markets, I'm primarily a stock day and swing trader. Interesting. Now, do you keep those trades separate? In other words, do you get into some trades that you're saying, okay, this is definitely a day trade and another one is a swing trade, or do you ever start one as a day trade and then say, you know what, this is still moving and I think I'll just hold it overnight and uh, turn it into a swing trade? Yeah, that's a smart question. The The rule of thumb is never turn a losing day trade into a swing trade. That's just a, a horrible, awful mistake, and so I learned the hard way not to do that. But uh, usually I'll lighten up on, a, uh, on occasion if I've got a day trade that continues to take out new highs. I may, I'll still get paid. My, my goal is to always get paid. So I'll usually collapse half the trade. So if I'm in, say, 400 shares and it's 1030 and it's still going up, I'll still sell 200 of that shares just into, at a market order to take profit. And if it keeps going up, I'll put a trailing stop in at my initial entry uh, and let it go from there. And that's a good, what I call an intraday swing trade approach, uh, is where you can start off a day trade and close it out right before the closing bell. Or if it closes near a high, especially good on high volume, uh, then I will let it ride overnight. So I do both day and swing trades. The key is don't turn a losing day trade into kind of rationalize and say, well, it'll come back, so I'll make it a swing trade. That's a epic fail, so don't do that. But you can turn a winning day trade into a swing trade. It's just getting the party started. So that's a smart question. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah, well, that's a good answer, too, and I like it. Yeah, the bottom line is to get paid. And uh, if, so you're focusing on your winners and letting them run, but not letting your losers run. <laughs> Absolutely. I learned that the hard way, too. Adding to losing trades because they're cheaper, kind of like department store mentality, it's on sale. You should not buy more. That's usually not a good idea unless you've got a compelling pivot. But uh, just because it's cheaper doesn't mean it's a better value. It means people are selling that, and it's likely to keep going down. So it took me many, many years to uh, to get the discipline to, to let that finally sink in. So I like breakouts rather than pivots as a rule of thumb. So Right, right. I know you do. And you've kind of hinted at this already, but why don't you go a little further into your trading style and what uh, maybe, I don't know, well, I mean, I mean, I know what your trading style is, so why don't you just share it in your own words with the audience? Yeah, sure thing. I'm a breakout trader. My best trades if my life depended on it. Uh, if my life depended on me having my students make money or else uh, 
I, I would not survive. I would insist that people only trade gap continuations. Uh, so my primary style is minor. The, the trick is you don't get gap fills and get gap and trap charts. Uh, minor gap, uh, 10% of the price. So a, like a $20 stock that gaps preferably within a point or so above the previous day's high. Uh, and then buy it if it continues up on new high volume. So that's my primarily primary go-to style of trading is always to trade gap, minor, small gaps that continue on up. Big gaps that go up that you're playing with fire, and that's not so good. Uh, and I like uh, charts that are in a 45-degree angle, uh, steady uptrend continuation, or something that's been in a shallow slope of an uptrend that then matures or graduates into, say, a 40, 45-degree angle over several days. Those t- on higher volume, it's just classic breakout trading, and mm-hmm. I like to keep it simple. I, I don't use a lot of uh, oscillation indicators other than average directional index on occasion, but in general, it's uh, momentum and uh, gap and breakout continuations is my, my go-to style of trading, and uh, it's worked out really well, so I, I, I like that. It's it's Because it's easy to know when you're right. You know, the, pri- the trade will show you if you're wrong immediately. Uh, which is often the case if you get into a false breakout and it'll immediately tell you you're not right. But good trades are usually right from the start. So that's why I like to trade breakouts because it's you get immediate feedback if the trade's correct or not. And if it is, uh, you let it go, let it ride and add to it or scale in or position size or build the trade over time if it keeps going in your favor. So Absolutely. You know, I've talked about this on this podcast before, and now, my friends, you're hearing it from another professional trader who has a lot of wisdom, and that is what I see a lot of losing traders do is constantly trading against the dominant energy of the market. I don't know what it is. I think there's some kind of human trait in us, because I've done this too. It's like you said, I've learned through a lot of mistakes. So whenever I point the finger, I've got three pointing back at myself. And I used to trade against, always looking for like reversal trades and all this kind of garbage. And man, that is just the fastest way to lose money. And so what I'm hearing you say, Ken, is always trade in the direction of the dominant energy of the money. In other words, like they say in life, go with the flow. Well, you're going with the money flow. Is that correct? Absolutely. And one thing that helps visually look for that, a real simple thing is to on a daily chart, just look for tall green candles, you know, big momentum green candles in trend. So if you see large candles or large bars uh, that are increasing in size, not too much, but they're starting to get wider and volumes going up in a dominant trend, that's the, the right way to trade. You don't try and trade on the cheap and, hey, it's, uh, I mean, I, I lost money trading, Um, what was it? Uh, borders, I thought borders would come back, not a lot, a few hundred dollars, but uh, borders and Circuit City, because I thought surely somebody would save these things, and no, just because it's on sale for $3 and it had been $20 as the share doesn't mean it's worth $3, it goes to Q, which is the, mm-hmm. <laughs> becomes your dot pound of no shareholder value, so you learn the tough way with uh, losing trades, uh, it's, uh, pivots are rare, rare birds and they have to be extremely oversold bouncing off key support with a very specific configuration and those are best left alone it's like you said barry you're exactly right is a trade with the dominant energy of the market and you see that visually in your charts with things like large green candles and strong trends and the rest of it It makes it so much easier to trade correctly so yeah that's right if a stock is going down and down and down gets really cheap there's a reason it's cheap and it's usually not a good reason okay well let's go to the dark side now 
So tell us a story about a low point in your trading career and what you learned from it. Yeah, the the toughest years were the first couple of years when I blew up a couple of trading accounts. And I thought that surely with the background as a statistician and a quality engineer and all that kind of, doesn't mean squat. (laughs) Didn't help me, not a whit. uh, And that's one thing that traders who are used to being successful in some previous era of their area of their life, like doctors or engineers or airplane pilots or whatever, all of which I've had as uh, customers and traders, uh, just because you're good at that does not translate at all into potential success in the stock market. And it takes a heck of a lot longer than one would think to turn the corner. So a low low point was the first two or three years when I was blowing up trading accounts and paying my dues and learning the hard way how not to do things, which is to hold into earnings or to try and trade pivots or to try and trade really cheap stocks or whatever. So that was the low point was the first couple of years and, you know, going into it eyes wide open and expecting I might struggle a little, but I could make it within six or eight months, maybe a year tops. And that was completely wrong. It took me close to five years just to get to break even, which is freaking long. And it took me a lot longer than I thought it would just to get to break even status as a trader. And so uh, there's no substitute for seat time, you know, sitting in front of the markets and watching the dang charts go up and down year after year, you start to, it starts to sink in the patterns that work, patterns that pay, and patterns that don't. And so it, that was a low point was the the early tough years trying to figure it out. So yeah, kind of the uh, ten thousand hours concept. Not that it has to be taken literally as ten thousand hours, but that experience is a gift that we have to give ourselves. And so for all you new traders out there, take heed. And I, every trader I know has had the same kind of experience. So come into this being extra conservative. Do not start trading with real money your first day of trading. That is actually, if you make money right away, that's the worst thing that could happen to you because it will give you this really false sense of confidence that will not last. And then you'll get overly aggressive and blow out your trading account. This is going to be, well, it's a profession. And so it's going to take some time. And this to reiterate what you said there earlier. One of my friends who has, uh, he's taught so many people I can't even count. But anyway, and he's been a teacher for a lot longer than I have. And he said, Barry, he said, the people that seem to have the hardest time learning from me are uh, physicians, medical doctors, CPAs, and engineers. Exactly, right. (laughs) And I was so Yeah, I'm surprised when he said that because, I mean, these are all very intelligent people, very logical people, and they themselves come into this thinking, oh, I've got this great background, I'm very intelligent, logical, I should be able to nail this with no problem. And he's like, nope, they are the worst. <laughs> very true, because the false confidence that a few early wins gets you, exactly right. It's You know, you could throw darts at the market, and I did well with some initial trades back in the dot-com era because everything was running up, uh, but that doesn't translate into long-term success. and you get shocked when you see exactly how far something can go against you and your face drops and you're saying, wow, I lost so much money. I can't believe that happened. And yeah. and the uh, market's a humbling experience if you don't take it seriously. And like you said, don't trade live capital until you know what you're doing. And, you know, it's like I say, traders don't have any business trading live capital until they have made it paper trading somewhat consistently over some time frame. Better to put that money Uh, save it or put it into education, but don't just throw it at the markets without the proper training and preparation because we we all pay our dues and 10,000 hours is probably accurate. It probably does take that, maybe not that whole 10 years, but uh, at least a few thousand hours of practice before you can even expect to to make it. So it's a lot tougher than a lot of the 
people out there saying, you know, red arrow, green arrow, it's easy, use this magic indicator, and you too can become the next millionaire trader. That's a bunch of hogwash. It's it's a lot of hard do's and hard knocks uh, and patience. You know, like you said, Barry, makes a lot of sense uh, to practice before you get the hang of this thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the red arrow, green arrow thing or these, uh, you know, $49 Forex robots that are automated. Oh, my gosh. Don't even get me started, right? Right, right. Uh, okay. Anyway, I get upset when I think about that stuff. Okay, well, let's get into a little controversy. We never shy away from controversy here at Top Dog Trading. So, right. <laughs> you love the controversy. Bring it on. It's great to tell. I like to be candid. I'm completely candid and forthright. And I think the, 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 the and you are too, Barry. So I like that. I appreciate that. I know. That's something we share. And I love that too. So, tell me something that you know to be true in trading that almost nobody agrees with you on. <laughs> but that, that one's easy. It's a, oh. uh, yeah, it's a, and then I think that's a very intelligent question, but almost nobody agrees with me except professional traders, which is a very small sliver, but the rest of the world doesn't agree with me on the fact that you need to trade wide, not deep, meaning uh, it's so much smarter to trade 10 100 share positions than one 1,000 share position. You need to take. You need to, most retail traders over trade, not the number of trades, but they over trade the upfront risk, and so they they'll trade a thousand or even five hundred shares is a pretty heavy share size. They'll do five hundred, eight hundred, a thousand, two thousand shares on a single trade, uh, which is too much risk usually, and then they start to get into this death cycle, this doom cycle of small wins and bigger stops, then one step forward, two steps back, small win, bigger stops, small win, bigger stops, and then they don't give themselves enough chances to get it right. Uh, so, you know, you have to, you, so the people don't agree with me. Who, the new traders have a tough time getting their head around the fact that you've got to put work into it as a trader, and it's a numbers game. I call it my 30% rule, my 30% rule. And that's that most, I, you need to figure out as a trader how to make money, even if you're only right 30% of the time and wrong 70% of the time. And the only way to do that Given, I mean, that's just an arbitrary number. I mean, it's a, but it's a, it's closer to truth and accuracy than than what a lot of people understand. Uh, the only way to get there is to use really, really, rid, almost ridiculously tight stops or break-even stops. I'm a big fan of combined with strong charts uh, and then position sizing or adding the winning trades for the the ones that do work out. And that's and those pay for uh, your stop losses and your your break-even trades and the rest of it. So by position sizing or scaling and using tight risk management. It's a lot more about the math. So I would. Uh, so that's one thing that people don't generally understand up front until they see, you know, I like to show examples of real money trades I've done and that kind of thing. And that helps bring it to light that it's so much easier to make money potentially as a trader to do, say, take 10 shots at the market, take 10 different trades of 100 shares each in good charts that all look like they're solid winners or breakouts and all that, but still expect half a mark going to work out. Uh, that's much smarter. So manage your risk on the back end. It's, Trading is a lot more about the math than the chart patterns. That's something that nobody agrees with me on. But they don't understand. That's why you would think that CPAs, engineers, and, and physicians, and math-intensive people would get it, but they haven't been taught the right way to do it. So uh, it's a lot more about the math than the chart patterns. And you got to trade much more small, what I call pilot trades, or very small initial shares, 50, 100 shares, but blank at the market with 10, 15, 20 trades. Uh, and then feed the winners, starve the losers. Add to winning trades, uh, scale out of or stop out of the, the ones that are starting to go sideways. And that's one thing that if I share nothing else with the entire trading industry, that would be 
my my final message or my, my key message and lessons learned in doing as much as 4.9 million in trades in a single year, which is aggressive, but that's how I learn, right? And so trading wide, not deep is the, the trick. And it's, that's something that people have a tough time understanding. So I would say that's something that they don't really agree so much uh, with me on. So, Wow. Well, there you go. Very practical. In fact, Ken, you've given us several different, very practical applications that people can use in their trading. That's another one of them. And I will have to say that, well, you said it, but I'll reiterate it, that the people who do agree with you on that are the professional traders, because professional traders, every single one of them I know says money management, risk management. Those things are much more important than any moving average or indicator or candlestick right, pattern. Right. You know, it all comes down to that. And, you know, that's right. basically what you're talking about here. And, um, in fact, when I went to Chicago, I uh, hired a floor trader in Chicago to work with me for a while. I dumped five figures into his living room. <laughs> I got an apartment out there. And what was interesting was uh, one of the slogans that I picked up from him and his friends. The good thing is I got to go down to the, the floor of the exchange and work with his buddies, too, and not just him. And they had a phrase that surprised me at the time. And it was, a scratch is a win. A yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That's, I, I would agree with that. That's absolutely right. Yeah. yeah, and I had no clue. So for those of you who know, Ken, obviously you get it, but for those of you who don't understand that or the terminology, a scratch is basically a trade that maybe broke even, maybe made a little bit of money, maybe made a, or lost a little bit of money. You know, it was kind of neutral. But the idea was they said, yeah, you've, just, you've got to be there. You've got to take these little trades. They call them feelers. And hmm. so you, mm -hmm, yep, you put these little feelers out in the market with small orders and, you know, if you make a little bit and that's all you're going to get out of it, cool. They consider that zero. If you lost a little bit, okay, that's cool. That's zero. If it's zero, well, it's fine too. But you got to be there because they said, you know, nobody can tell what's going to happen in the future. So we put our feelers out there and we get a little bit of money in the market. And if it keeps going our way, then we add a little bit more and we just go with the flow. But it's impossible before you start to really know what's going to happen long term. But you got to be there. Otherwise, you can't take advantage of it when it happens, which is going to be less than 50% of the time. <laughs> correct. Absolutely right. You are correct in that. Yeah, good points. I like your story. And that's, uh, you know, and you, you know, people, we learn these things the hard way. So for all of you, you've got less than 10, 15, 20 years experience. Listen up. You know, Barry knows the stuff. I know my stuff. The floor traders know their stuff. Uh, it's a different language than what is commonly taught by the educators who only have magic chart patterns and kind of like magic beans. It's uh, <laughs> the most, uh, the most important indicator is the P and L indicator. <laughs> you can call yeah. me on that. Yeah. It's, I use charts to get into a trade, but I don't care where the chart goes after I'm in the trade. My eyes are like a hawk uh, or at the, each night for swing trades, but uh, uh, on the unrealized P and L. And so, you know, for example, if I'm up 600 bucks in a trade and it gets back to unrealized P and L of 500, I'm going to close it out of cash and take the money and run. And I don't care what the chart's at. I don't care where support resistance is. I'm like a hawk on my money because I want to get paid. So, you know, if I'm in a trade that goes up 50 bucks and down 50 bucks and then it's down to 80 or 100 bucks, I'll take the stop. I don't care what's going on in the chart. The chart just gives me permission to trade it, to put on a feeler, what I call pilot trade. Mm -hmm. But once I'm in the trade and my money's at risk, it's all about the money because, you know, how, how, how often do we make losing trades because it doesn't hold support. And surely we thought it was going to bounce off support and it doesn't. We so we don't, don't let it go that far. You know, keep your trades intelligent, keep your stops small, trade strong charts, 
and make sure that, you know, uh, like I say, the P&L indicator is most important. If, you know, if you're up 500 bucks in a trade, gets down to 400, I'll go to cash. And I don't care what the chart looks like because I want my $400. Thank you very much. And, you know, and if it keep, you can always rebuy new highs. If it comes back to life, then I can always start again with a new trade. But you know, the main thing is to bank profits early and often and look at it, take it seriously in the profit-taking part of your trades. And that's why I just use charts to get into trades but my P&L to get out of trades. And that's something that's uncommonly, uh, not, not commonly taught, and it's, uh, but it's one of the big things that made a big difference in my own trades. So I hope that helps all your, your listeners too because that's a heartfelt lesson learned from one trader to, to all of you out there is uh, once you're in, in the money, you have to figure out an exit plan. And how are you going to make that either a scratch for a win, if it's a small up or down, or if it's a big winner, how are you going to take money before the market takes it back? So that's a good, honest lesson learned for everybody. Excellent. Thanks, Ken. Yeah, that's a unique insight. I don't think we've had anybody say that before. So the P&L is the best indicator. I like that. We can quote you on that one, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of that. on my tombstone, the P&L indicator. That's, yeah. uh, that's a, that's that's the biggest lesson learned is uh, it's all about the money. It always has been. And so that means you got to not uh, – my Wall Street guys, they call it spray and pray. Uh, but you don't want to do that. You don't want to spray out lots of orders and pray that they work out. But you do want to use something closer to that than what average retail traders do, which is just trading two or three positions on way too large size for their account size mm. uh, with too much upfront risk. And so get, get in the habit of uh, – like one colleague would say, trade small trades but trade more of them, and that makes a lot more sense. So. Yep. Excellent. Good advice. All right. Well, let's uh, finish out with three quickie questions here, and then you can tell us how to get a hold of you and take advantage of any offers that you might have for our audience. So uh, question, quickie question number one, what is one of your favorite quotes about trading? I'll just be what I say about trade wide, not deep. So wide, not deep, meaning lots of positions, not deep in any one. Excellent. And what is one of your favorite books about trading? I'd be uh, my colleague Steve Nissen's Beyond Candlesticks was one of the turning point books that it was kind of beyond the basics, but it's the second book in the series. So Steve mm -hmm. Nissen, Beyond Candlesticks, that one I found I, that's one of the few that when I moved from one state to another, that was one of the five uh, books that I brought with me, and the rest got in the dumpster. But that one made the cut because it was really good. So I like Nissen's Beyond Candlesticks. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Of all the books you had, that was one of the five you took with you. Well, that is, that's like the question that they ask, if your house is burning down, what five things would you take? Right, right. <laughs> Which five right. books would you take? Well, that'd be one of the five. Okay. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, what's one of your favorite trading resources, whether it be software, website, a tool, whatever? Yeah, I'll give you two. One is I like eSignal software. I've been using that for 15 years. I use most of the major platforms, but I like eSignal software, and for websites, I like Finviz, F-I-N-V-I-Z.com. They've got some really good scanners there. So mm -hmm. eSignal for charting software, and Finviz is great for uh, just general scans and hot list of what's worth trading and that kind of thing. So. Great. Yep. Familiar with them both. They're both excellent. All right. Yeah, yeah. And finally, how can our listeners get in contact with you and tap into what you have to offer? Well, uh, and thanks, Barry, for doing these. Uh, you did ask some excellent questions, and hopefully, you know, the insights that I and other people that you interview can help traders start turning the corner. And hopefully you'll start to see some common themes, like a Venn diagram of overlapping circles. What are these guys mostly saying that's in common that makes sense? And you'll find that experienced traders all say the about the same things in terms of tight risk management, and how we go about it might be a little bit differently. Uh, but 
Uh, anyway, I'm at www.trademastery.com, and I do have free Saturday Trading Week Ahead webinars. Over 4,500 people registered for those, uh, but your listeners can find me at trademastery.com. And uh, thanks so much, Barry, for having me here from Top Dog Trading. It's, it's been an honor and a pleasure. You've been one of the good guys to learn from, and I highly recommend you to the, the world's traders out there. You're a sharp guy, and you're part of the solution. Uh, so appreciate the opportunity to be here with you. Oh, thank you, Ken. Well, we will put those links in the show notes, of course, and so everybody can get access to those, and I encourage you to. Uh, Ken is also the real deal, known him for years, and like I said, we've done educational events together, so I've seen what he teaches, and it is the real deal. That's the good stuff. So, um, yeah, thank you, Ken, for being here so much. Really appreciate it, my friend, and I'm sure you and I will be talking again real soon. All right, sounds good. You've been listening to the Online Trading to Win podcast with Barry Burns. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher and leave a great review. For more information about our free indicators and courses, visit OnlineTradingToWin.com. Neither Online Trading to Win, Top Dog Trading, nor Barry Burns are registered as securities broker-dealers or investment advisors, either with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission or with any state securities regulatory authority, and are not licensed to provide investment advice. Trading and investing involves substantial risk. Financial loss, even above the amount invested, is possible and common. We do not imply, predict, or guarantee that you will be successful in earning any money whatsoever. Past results of any individual trader are not indicative of future returns by that trader and are not indicative of future returns which may be realized by you. We do not assume responsibility or liability for your trading and investment results. This is provided for informational and educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice.